0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit FoundationChurchFL.com. You know, I just want to tell you this because, you know, I, I judge the room when you're worshiping. You're like, Tom, how dare you do that? I don't care. I judge the room, I look around, see how people are responding. And you know, I just want to tell some of you this, you know. I guess the only way to put it was I I actually feel bad for you. That you're so disconnected with God. And I'm not telling you to, to worship like me or worship like your parents or worship like anybody else. But when you've been spiritually lobotomized... I feel bad for you because I see like a lot of times with people they're very excited about other things like I mean it's weird to me to be so fervent and so zealous for a celebrity or for a sports organization or an athlete to be zealous for a boyfriend or a girlfriend and to have nothing for God to be zealous for your children so you start picking on that he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me which by the way violates Americana the doctrine of Americana where kids come first kids do not come first they won't be your kids in heaven before he formed them in the womb he knew them they're not yours they're his so you might as well stop worshipping them the same thing is with your spouse if your spouse doesn't worship what should you do worship more well my wife doesn't really like it when i shout shout louder Go have yourself checked make sure you're not clipped and then shout louder are you worried about what she thinks same with you wife she husband doesn't want to get up to go to church you can drive Oh, well, I submit to my husband. No, nope, if you're violating the book of Acts, yep. you do not obey your husband above the scriptural doctrine yeah. of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Knock it off. You're lazy too. Either acknowledge it and join him in the laziness or get your butt to church. Yeah. That's how it works. Welcome. Welcome to Foundation Church. Yeah. It's, a very different, yeah. it's a very different brand here if you're new. I think the first service kind of gets the more subdued, Tom. And now I'm all warmed up by the time I get to you guys. I don't know. I'm not real, not real chill there either. But See, now is the time for massive belief. It's time for big things to happen. You see, here's the thing. The big things are going to happen. We just sang the song a minute ago out of the book of Philippians that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. He's given the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and the glory of God the Father. That's going to happen, but that's Jesus coming back. Jesus is left. Tom, how can you say that? Because that's what he said. He said that himself. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill Uh, should not be hidden you are the light of the world he left you became the light of the world now it's time for big things we what what christians do oftentimes is they hearken back to the great things that god has done and that god will do and then they just sit there when they themselves you yourself are called to move mountains you and i mean mountains I, whether it's literal or figurative, I mean things that you would consider to be mountains. God has called you to, now we have to ask ourselves, am I moving mountains? If your kids are not saved, you are not. Because there's things that are going wrong. I love how Christians oftentimes believe that they are the advanced believers and their own household is not saved. But yet they walk around. And see, this is the reason why you have verses like Romans twelve three, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Galatians 6.3. If ye then be not able to take care of that which is least, why why are you taking thought for everything else? Jesus speaking. Luke chapter 12 verse 26. Why? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Christians waltz around believing that they're moving mountains and they never take care of what it takes to move a mountain. They just spend their whole lives claiming that they are when they aren't. It's the truth. If it wasn't the truth, then the worldwide church wouldn't have closed for a 99.9% survival virus. It just came out. The latest stats just came out. With the Delta variant, how much did it change? Not a a thing. Survivability rate runs from 99.7% to 99.9%. This is mass deception. The response to COVID-19 has killed 300 million people. The virus itself allegedly has killed 3 to 4 million out of 8 billion. As of May, the response had killed 300, caused 300 million people to starve to death because when the first world shuts down, the third world doesn't eat. But all the lovers out there, Pastor Love and all the Christian lovers love thy neighbor I wear a mask because I love my neighbor no you're causing 300 plus million people to starve to death right. yeah. because listen we have shortages here have you noticed them yes. Yes. if we have shortages here what's going on in Zimbabwe That's right. nothing people are starving to death and mainly children but all the Christian people with their fish Bible covers little handles on them with their mask on i've been vaxxed sticker (laughs) look at us look how look how much we love Uh, Mm. now you're compliant to the devil you're compliant to the antichrist spirit see it's time for big belief it's that there's no time for compliance people want to move mountains and you should how many in here want to move mountains okay well here's the thing i'm going to now this is where normally every other pastor will let you off the hook with that so i'll ask you what mountain have you ever moved and why aren't you don't 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 answer this right now how many people in here are above 20 above 30 Above 40, how many of you have been saved since you were like in your teens and now you're 53 like me and you can't claim a single mountain? See, every other church would let you off because they want you to come back. I love you too much to want you to come back. I hope you come back. That's on you. Is it going to keep me awake at night if you don't? No. That means you just don't love us, Tom. No, I love you more than the guy who will do anything to get you back. I love you more than that. It's like the parents who say that they love their kids the most by being their best friend when they're three. Come on, little Johnny. Come on now, come. You want a treat? What is he, a dog? Why don't you just start doing that? Come on. That's what I do with my dog. The parents, they want to be their kid's best friend instead of telling them what they need to be told. If you train them up in the way they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. You're not provoking them to wrath. You raise them in hypocrisy. You're provoking them to wrath. People want to move mountains. We shout amen to it and then move none for decades. Or the one that we did move we're actually idolatrous towards. We build an actual monument to it and talk about it for 30 years. Do you keep Moses' staff as an idol or do you go to the next one? You should be perpetually living in this sort of miraculous power. That's right. Well, why does it happen? Because we don't put the time in. You're saved by grace through faith. The discovery of that grace and all that it holds comes through your effort. Amen. That's good. Prove me wrong. See, people are like if you deal, if you deal around, you hang around with Rodney Howard Brown, people are like, well, he's just a mighty man of God. No, it's not. He's not a mighty man of God any more than you're a mighty man or woman of God. No more, just put the time in. All that he does, feel oh yes, he just, you know, I saw him when we went fishing. Brought a whole group of us out there fishing. Probably 25, 30 of us. A bunch of pastors and church people and everything else are out there fishing. And we all come to the dock. And I'm standing there like this, watching them gut the fish. Oh, that's messy. <laughs> Rodney starts to preach to the boat captain and the two mates. Hallelujah. I'm standing there like this with everybody else because here's the thing the door was open and nobody could see it but him why because he put the time in it's not about God being pleased with you we'll get deep into this in a minute people think that they're obedient towards God be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God pray without ceasing right First Thessalonians chapter 5 Philippians chapter 4 do all those things right Then that pleases God and because God is pleased he moves no God is not moving. God has already moved. It's a matter of whether you see it or not. Your steps are already ordered. He's not moving to put them in place. They're already done. Every person you're supposed to share with, every every blind person that you're supposed to give sight, every lost person that you win has been ordered. The only question is whether you will see it. That's it. Most of us walk by the open doors for decades and believe that we're growing because we went to a Chris Tomlin concert or we got the latest Lou Giglio Bible study set and we were moved. What is you being moved? Is that, how does that, how is you being moved anything different than going to the bathroom if it, if it accomplishes nothing? I was touched today in the service. Well, what does that mean? So this is real church. This is what, listen, not many people survive this church. They don't. They just don't survive it because what they want is sedation. They want to be sedated. They want to be made to relax in their complacency. Instead of rising to who they really are. If you want to move mountains, here's the precedent for you. Matthew chapter 21, verse 21 and 22. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, which is Jesus killed the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, believing it will, you will receive. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. What's the title of this message series? that your yes be yes and your no be no? For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. If you pray under the context of we'll see if it happens, you're praying like the devil. That's, right. that's from the evil one. That's how the devil would pray. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, I believe that, but you have to use wisdom. That's the devil. When the Bible says that you can bind and you can loose, then it's finished. Not, well, yeah, that's true. But, you know, this is, you know, it's a virus and we got older people in the church. I don't care. I'm not closed in squat. Because that's what the Bible says. I'm not adding in my wisdom to anything that the Bible says. The Bible trumps all of my thoughts all of my feelings, all of my past experiences trumps them all. Well, we, you know, we all gathered around and we fasted and we prayed and Aunt Susie still died. It's because there's unbelief in the camp. How dare you say that? Because I'm not worried about your religiosity. I go with the Bible. That's what Jesus said. That's right. Amen. You're not allowed to say that. I'll say whatever I want because it's the Bible that'll cost you people yeah you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but he that endureth until the end shall be saved you're going to be hated if you preach the Bible you'll also, was Jesus also loved? look whose name's being talked about look who's hated the most and loved the most that should be you I don't want to be hated then you're not following the Bible you're going to be hated so how, how do you do this? Like, how do you get to the place of moving mountains? You're going to have to start at the elementary. Now, most Christians believe that they've mastered the elementary. But let's ask if we have. Everybody ready to ask that question? Yeah. All right. Look at this connection. This is in John chapter 15, verses 6 and 7. I want you to see the connection here. What is the least? I'm going to give you a preview. The least of things in Christianity is obedience and repentance from dead works. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. The elementary things are repentance from dead works. That is breathing. If you have not, Christians spend their whole life trying to get rid of dead works and believing they're progressing. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything but breathing. If all that you've done is repented from dead works. You're just surviving. That is the very start of things. But most people never get to that place. They vacillate back and forth between obedience and disobedience their entire Christian life. Going nowhere but believing the entire time that they're progressing. So how do you get to be a mountain mover? Look at the connections found in in these scriptures. John chapter 15, 6 and 7. If anyone does not remain in me... He is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. That's not nice. Nor does that abide with John Calvin. The Bible does not adhere to most Christian authors. The Bible does not cooperate with most Christian authors. The Bible doesn't agree with most Christian authors. Because their motivation is to do what? What? Sell books. But it's funny that the all-time biggest seller is the Bible itself. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away in the wither. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. What's the next verse? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So you start off with the elementary. You remain in God, which means you abide. The New King James Version of John fifteen seven is, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But it starts off with remaining in him. See the connection. Now look at this one. Matthew chapter 7, verses 5 through 6. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before a swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again, and rend you. Look at the connection. So, what is it saying here? Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be looking at other people when you yourself have a plank hanging out of your own eye. So knock that off. And then don't be used and abused. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Christians never get this. They, Christianity and the church enables sin and compromise. Christians get used over and over and over again. They keep loaning the same thief money time and time again, believing that they're loving. No, you're giving that which is holy unto the dogs. You're casting your pearls before swine. They're trampling them under their feet and turning again, you know, like a big boar hog with its tusks and rending you over and over and over again. Most Christians live in relationships like that. I'm telling you, it's true. I don't, they do. I start to spot people trying to use me, it doesn't even last for five seconds. It may be just because I'm geared up that way that I really would rather just not, you know, I'd rather just be lazy than have to deal with another relationship. But for most Christians, they are used and abused most of their lives. Well, I just can't say no. Are you one of those? If you can't say no, then you're not living by the Bible. You should never burn out. I'm just sick of people. That should never be you. I never get sick of people. You know why? Because when I when they're getting when they're getting annoying, I cut them off. <laughs> Bye-bye. I know you're like, "Oh, man, that's not loving. That's cuz you don't read the Bible." I my Christianity is the Bible. I'm abs- I will not listen. I will not deal with somebody who calls me incessantly. I will tell you to your face. Stop calling me. (laughs) Hey, Pastor Tom, do you have a couple hours this week? No. People who come to the church one or two times, hey, we'd like to eat dinner with you. No. I'm not eating dinner with you until you're here for a good long time. I've learned my lesson. I've gone to so many weird outback dinners that I'm never going on another one. (laughs) I paid, I paid my dues. Jonathan Shuttlesworth puts it this way, doing a whole lot less and accomplishing a whole lot more. You come to the church one time, we'd like to connect with you. No. Why would you even, I mean, if you're even asking that question, something's wrong with you. I just lost a couple families right there. I don't, that's fine. You need to wake up. Somebody needs to tell you. See, I'll just tell you, other people will just avoid you. Or they'll be so desperate that they'll go out to dinner with you. And it ends up being a relationship that's no good. Because it's not formed correctly. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. So the two things, don't be a hypocrite and don't be used. And then what happens? Ask and it shall be given you. Look at the next verse, 7, 7 and 7, 8. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and unto him that knocketh it shall be opened. How? Because they were not hypocritical and they weren't used. The verses before, John chapter 15, verses 6 and 7 has to do with hell bound sin. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and shall be done for you. How does this work? Is your obedience impressing God so much that he moves on your behalf? I know you're afraid to answer. I wouldn't answer that. I wouldn't answer a word in this church ever. It's not that your obedience moves God. Let me ask you this. Is obedience works? can't be, you can't, we're saved by faith, we're saved by grace, not works, right, okay. is obedience works, I've been accused of it my whole Christian life, yes. and by the way, by all the people that say they have a new revelation of grace, that have completely fallen away, are now oxycodone addicts, <laughs> wow. we're living with their growth, well, I have a new revelation of grace, I'm living in fornication now, and good luck with that on the day of judgment, It's not your obedience that moves God. He's not impressed. Does fasting move God? Fasting doesn't do a thing to God. He's not going, oh man, I hear your rumblings and your tumblings. I'm going to move on your behalf. I'm moving on your behalf. Your obedience does not move God. It enters you into a covenant. Obedience is not works. It's faith. It's faith. It's not works. The only way that obedience is works is if you look at it that way. Well, what I mean by that is God is pleased with me because I'm obedient. Now you're operating in works. If you say God is pleased with me because I've entered into faith through my obedience, you're thinking correctly. And as you think in your heart, so are you. I'll explain it all to you. It's not a covenant of good works that we're in. It's a covenant of faith. Oh, Tom's saying he's licensing immorality. No, here's the thing. If you're not obedient, you've never even tried faith. So you can't be saved. Does everybody see it? Obedience is faith. If you're never obedient, you never turn from your sin. You've never entered into faith. Even though many denominations will say that you are separate, they are not according to scripture. I'll prove it to you in a second. Your obedience does not move or impress God. What it does is it moves you into the realm of the one that he is impressed by. He's impressed and he is, he is pleased by Jesus. And when you put your faith in him through obedience, you now get Jesus' pleasingness on you. That's how it works. It's not your works. People do not go to hell because of their sin. They go to hell because of their unbelief that didn't cover their sin. That's how it works. Simple as that. What is obedience toward God? What is obedience towards God? It has to be thought of correctly. Let's go to the base. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, that is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right? Right? What's the next verse, by the way? Nobody ever quotes the next verse. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained, that we should walk in them. People never quote the entire section of Scripture. They only quote the part that supports their denominationalism. Obedience is belief. You have to think of it correctly, just like seed. If you tithe because... You're like, well, that's just what I'm supposed to do. You have gotten your full reward. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do. If you look at tithe as seed, you will receive tenfold back. You have to think correctly because then you're entering into faith. If you think of obedience as this makes me right with God, you're not operating in faith. You might as well put on a priestly robe. obedience is faith let's look at it Hebrews 3 18 and 19 Hebrews 3 18 and 19 and to whom did he swear now that's a big H right there he swear the almighty God to whom did he place an oath that they would not enter his rest but to those who did not did not obey Next verse. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Yes. Obedience is belief. Yes. You've never, it's, like, it's not a matter of saying, well, you, you know what, Tom's just saying, these licensing immorality. No, because the thing is, if you're immoral or you're still sinning, you've never entered into the covenant of faith. So either way, you're going to hell. Yes. It's just like what is repentance? Come on, look at me. What's repentance? Turning from sin? Nope. Change of mind. But how do you change your mind? Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Proverbs sixteen three. right? So you've never even made an attempt at changing your mind. How do you go to heaven? You, Jesus, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your mind because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So how do you change your mind? Just try real hard. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. That's not how you change your mind. You commit thy works unto the Lord and then your mind will be established. Do you see this now? If, you're, if your actions never changed and you never re- even attempted repentance, therefore you're not going to heaven. Do you see it? It's actually not the repentance itself even. You never even made it, you never even took a step, but you never committed your works unto the Lord so that you could repent, so that your mind could be changed. Those of you that stand here like a bump on a log, like lobotomized people during worship, your mind is corrupt. You've never made an attempt at repentance. You're welcome. I know some of you are still saved. I know that, but you're you stay like that the rest of your life. I don't know if you're going to hang on. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not believe. So we see that they could not enter in through unbelief. So unbelief is obedience. Is disobedience unbelief? Is disobedience obedience? Is faith? They could not enter in because they did not believe. So not believing is disobedience. So believing is obedience. Obedience is faith. Good works are filthy rags. If you believe they're anything but faith. See how quiet it is in here? See a lot of us. We take pride in our good works. We're like wow you know. I'm Better than he is. You're not supposed to compare yourself among yourselves. So everyone. If you think of. Obedience. As anything but faith, it's filthy, stinking rags. Oh, I'm pleasing God. I'm not cussing anymore, so I'm pleasing God. See, I don't, uh, you're like, well, Tom, endorsing cussing? Absolutely not. But God, God forbid. Absolutely not. But if the reason why you stop cussing is to please God, you're wrong, and it's filthy. If the reason why you stop cussing is to enter into faith, you're right. Because your cussing does not, your stopping of cussing does not remove your prior cussing. Your stop, if you do it correctly, your mind is set correctly. You have stopped cussing because, of obe, because you're being obedient and obedience to you is faith. That's what removes your old cussing. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. So here's the thing. There will be people that take this and go, oh, good, I get to keep sinning. No, if you, listen, if you keep on sinning, you've never entered into faith, you're going straight to hell. It's just for a different reason than you think. People think it's because God is seeing that I'm still sinning, so I'm going to hell. No, it's because you didn't enter into the faith covenant. You don't go to hell for individual sin. You go to hell because your sin is not covered. Obedience is faith. If you think of it as anything else, it's filthy rags. Well, you know, God is so pleased by my obedience. No, he's not. He's pleased by Jesus. If your obedience is faith, then God is seeing you through the lens of Jesus. That's the way it has to be. Otherwise, you end up being a priest, a Catholic. Yeah, I'll say anything. I don't care. I've told you for a long time. It's over for me. Isaiah 64, 6. But we are as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. So when you say to God, I am turning from my sin which you have to do to go to heaven because that is belief but it's not your turning from sin that saves you it's your turning of sin that connects you with faith that saves you I'll get deeper into it I'll show you only Jesus impresses God our works do not so how do we connect with pleasing God through faith it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works so that any man should boast. But you enter into faith by being obedient. If you're not obedient, it's not that you're not pleasing God, because it's impossible to please Him anyway. It's that you never entered into faith. And you cannot be in faith if you're disobedient. I'll show you that in a minute, too. Look at Luke chapter 3 verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. That's what we have to connect with. We have to. How do we get there? How do we get right here? To where they said, You are my beloved son or daughter. In you I am well pleased. Through faith. That you have no faith if you're not obedient, because obedient is faith. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Why? Because they did not obey. Obedience is not works, works-based salvation. It's it is actual faith. If you're getting this, shout amen. amen. I hope you are getting this. It's very important that you do. Romans 8:16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with them, then we may also be glorified together. So how do we get to that place? We can be joint heirs with them. It has to come through faith. And faith is obedience. Not, obedience is not works. And it can't even be obedience if you don't think of obedience as faith. You can't. I want, did everybody catch that? It's not true obedience unless you think of obedience as faith. Otherwise, your obedience is filthy rags. You have to. I don't you don't you don't stop lusting because you want to impress God. You stop lusting to get under the wing of Jesus. Do you see it? I hope you're getting it. I'm looking at faces. I don't know. Your obedience. Is faith in Jesus, the one who pleases God? Obedience is entering into faith, if it's thought of correctly. If you think of it as earning favor with God, you're wrong. If you think your obedience pleases God, you're wrong. That it moves God, you're wrong. That it breaks down walls or moves mountains, you're wrong. Those mountains and all those walls have already come down. You have to connect with the faith that enables you to see it. And that's what obedience does. Obe- people think, that dude, all, this, all, those, all these religions, that you have to wear a cap on your head. That you have to wear a dress down to your ankles because it pleases God, doesn't? I'm not saying to sin, I'm telling you that it doesn't please God. What pleases God is you're going, you know what? I'm going to be obedient because obedience is faith. This is a faith covenant. That's right. That's if you think it erases sin, your obedience, you're wrong. It doesn't erase sin. Nothing can erase sin except one, the spotless lamb. Yes. And your obedience connects you with, puts your faith, your trust in the spotless lamb, Amen. your obedience does not erase the sin that the spotless lamb erased. Do you see it? Yeah. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Otherwise, Isaac would have been righteousness. Was the sacrifice of Isaac, the attempted or pseudo-sacrifice of Isaac, righteousness? Was it? No. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. How did he believe God? Obedience. Lay your son on the altar. Yes, God, I will do that. You are righteous. Not because he laid his son on the altar, but because he did what he was told to do. You see it? It may sound nuancy to you, but it's not. Abraham believed God and it was credited him as righteousness. His belief was manifested. His belief was confirmed in obedience. If he wouldn't have laid Isaac down, then he wasn't operating in faith hope you see it. Some people will try to use this as a license for immorality. Just please understand something. It's just like repentance. If you never changed your works, then you never even attempted repentance. So you're going straight to hell. If you never changed your works, you never became obedient, you never turned from sin, you never attempted faith, you're going straight to hell. It's just for a different reason than you think. Man, Tom, you're mean. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It grants you, obedience grants you access because it's faith to a covenant, to a covenant that erases sin. Obedience does not, does not erase sin. Obedience grants you access to the covenant that does. Do you see it? Where do you get that from? Romans chapter 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith and to this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We've gained access by faith, and faith is obedience. If you don't obey, then there is no faith. Faith where do you get that from Tom let's look at James chapter 2 starting in verse 14 what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works can faith save him James chapter 2 verse 17 in the same way faith by itself but is not accompanied by actions dead you know what dead means dead so who's giving anybody license to sin It's just different than you think. See, people think, and the argument that Calvinists always use against people like me is, "Oh, so you're telling me you're driving on the way home and you drop the f bomb at the moment where a deer runs out in front of your car? You're going straight to hell." Nobody ever said that. I never said that one sin causes you to go to hell. It's when you you exit belief because it's a covenant of faith. I'll get deep into this in a second. In the same way, faith by itself, James two seventeen, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James two eighteen, but someone will say, "You have faith. I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by what I do." It's strange how that works, isn't it? So faith is what you do. It's not works. Look at the verse that follows. James chapter 2 verse 19. You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. By the way, that is most of the church in the world. They believe that there is one God, but they're not willing to obey. That's demonic faith. It's demonic faith. I I, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. Right? For for. For those whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into a license for immorality. Right? Jude 3 and 4. Those are people that will tell you that you can have faith without obedience when obedience is faith. That's demonic faith. To teach people that you can have faith without obedience. When you can't even enter into faith without obedience. You're not entering into faith if you're watching porn habitually. You're going straight to hell. Not because of the porn, but because you never entered into the faith covenant. So one way or another, the sin sends you to hell. But just you just need to understand why. Otherwise we'd all go to hell. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Something has to erase it. And it's not our obedience. Our obedience enters us into the thing that does erase it. That's how it works. So you're free. Stop being pious thinking that you're something when you're nothing. Well, I'm way more obedient than they are. That doesn't do anything in the sight of God. What matters is are you in faith? You think of your, if you think of your obedience as something that esteems you high, it doesn't. You've entered in, if your obedience is faith, then you've entered into a covenant where there is no respect of persons. A lot of people don't want to be in that covenant. They want to be the matriarch of the church. Oh, she just walked in. That's what they want their whole life. So they, they'll never think of obedience correctly. I don't even know if they'll go to heaven. James 2, 19 through 26. You believe that there is one God, good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did can't have faith without obedience. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see, that you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. Why? Because there is no faith unless there is what you do. Do you see it? Faith is obedience. But we have to think of things correctly. Because Christians will separate faith and obedience. They're like, obedience is work and I just trust in faith and, you know, uh, know, grace by faith. and, And I'm saved because, you know, it's not works based. No, you're not saved. Because there is no faith without deeds. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. James 2.24. In the same way, was not Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in different directions? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Because faith doesn't exist outside of the realm of obedience. Obedience is not works. A lack of obedience is not that you didn't impress God. It's that you're outside of faith. Only faith impresses God. It's that you didn't enter into that faith. And when you don't enter into faith, you don't enter into grace. For by grace you have been saved through. Tom, where do you get all this from? Let's look at 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 6. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. Shall I read that again? But I was told in all the arch churches that I came before here that it's a spiritual journey, a fresh start, a new beginning. It's all on a journey. You just learn. It's all a learning experience. Are you sure you're not always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth? Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Whoops. So if you are sinning, you're not in faith. You don't know him. It may be for a different reason because your whole life, what you've done is actually accused people like me of being works-based. Because you're like, no, you know what? It's not your works that earn you that earn you salvation. That's correct. But if obedience is thought of correctly, it enters, in, enters you into the faith that does make you righteous. Where do you get that from? First John chapter three nine and ten. No one who is born of God. You know what "no one" means in the Greek? <laughs> Same two words that start at First John three six. No one. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Whoops! This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. I thought we were saved by grace. You are through faith, but faith is obedience. Yes. Yes. So that's going to be a lot of stunned people on the day of judgment, folks. Because they were taught a wrong doctrine on the sovereignty of God, a wrong doctrine on the grace of God, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Who's ever been taught that out of Titus chapter 2 verses 11 and 12? No, grace of God is taught as a license for immorality. By those who have secretly crept in among you, whose condemnation was written about a long time ago. Because it's not your disobedience that sends you to hell. It's your lack of faith, which is disobedience, that sends you to hell. Obedience is your attempt at faith. Just like changing your works is your attempt at changing your mind, i.e. repentance. You did not repent without obedience. You do not have faith without obedience. And without faith, it is impossible to To please God. Hebrews chapter 3, 18 and 19. Let me launch off this verse again. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Can you stop believing? Lots of people, had a woman, wonderful lady, sweet as can be, might be watching now, I still love you, say at the door, well you really had me until you told me that we could lose your salvation. Now she was very open, and I machine gun fired a bunch of scripture at her, we'll see where she goes with it. Can you? It's not an individual sin that causes you to lose your salvation. I had a bad night. You're going to heaven still. It's if you walk out of the covenant, because it's a covenant of faith. It's called apostasy. Don't worry, there's only several chapters named the great wall falling away in the Bible. And there's entire religions and denominational Christians that believe that you can never walk away from your salvation. You have Second Thessalonians chapter 2 entitled the great falling away. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 says let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And there's people who don't believe you can lose your salvation. Jesus himself said if anyone does not remain in me he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Remain. You know what remain means? Remain. How can you not lose your salvation when Jesus is talking about remaining? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. First Timothy four seven, Paul says it kept the faith. That means there must have been an option to not keep it. Where do you get this from, Tom? As we're talking about, remember our context here is that obedience is faith. So can you walk away from it? Colossians chapter one verses twenty one through twenty three, and you that were sometime alienated. And and listen to this now. I want you to hear this. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind. Gosh, I hope I can preach this right. By wicked works. People think they're alienated from God by their wicked works. You're not. You're alienated from God because you don't have faith. Because it's impossible to please him without faith. Enemies in their mind by wicked works. Doesn't say in God's mind, in their mind by wicked works. In you that were sometime alienated, enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if you continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. Grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. So if you continue in obedience. That's how it works. 2 Timothy 2.18. Who have strayed concerning the truth. Saying that the resurrection has already passed. And they overthrow the faith of some. They move out of obedience and lose their faith because obedience is faith. It's not separate. It's like when people say Jesus and his word. Faith and works. No, faith is works. Works is faith. Faith is obedience. Jesus is the word. The word is Jesus. There's no delineation. There's no being a Christian without the Bible. It's like you're not an American if you're not a constitutionalist. I don't know what you are. I'm forced to have you stay here. I don't have the power to excommunicate you from the country, although I wish I did. It's like all the, all the people that are anti constitutionalists, and then their very next sentence is, but we're all Americans. Well, we're all Christians. Some of us believe the Bible, and some of us don't. That's not possible. It's not possible to be an American unless you believe in the Constitution. You're not an American. Nor are you a Christian if you don't abide in the Word of God. If the Word of God offends you, you're wrong and you concede to it. That makes you a Christian. People operate in abject stupidity. Well, we gotta come together as America. How am I gonna come together with an American who doesn't believe in the Constitution? That's right, that's right. It's like I can't yoke myself together with an unbeliever who doesn't believe the Bible. I can't yoke myself together with a Christian who doesn't believe the Bible. See, so you hear these verses quoted all the time. I preached a little bit of this in the first service. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. There's another big zinger to Calvinism. I don't know, I mean, I honestly don't know how people believe what they believe. Let's, I'll give you an example on the vaccines. Latest study coming out of Israel, they're injecting 90 year olds with the vaccine. 60% of them have died. The ones they haven't injected, all have lived. And it doesn't change anybody's mind. I literally want to hit myself in the head with a hammer (laughs) talking about kicking against the goats 95% of Israel's hospitalizations are fully vaccinated people and it does nothing the FDA comes out two days ago and refuses to certify the booster shots and by the way, just so you know, it was not close. Amen. But the FDA allegedly approves another one. So why would you approve the original vaccine and not approve its booster? Because they never actually approved the original. They approved a vaccine that doesn't exist. Comerity does not exist. It's in a bottle. It's at Pfizer BioNTech factory, but it's not available for anybody's use. And the sad thing is, is all these military non-coms are lining up to take it, and they're violating their own contract as they're being lied to. I'm like, but it doesn't do anything. You tell people these things, and they just kick against the pricks. That's what goads means. It's like a sand spur, a prick. Kick against it. Here's the truth, but you kick against it. Why wouldn't the FDA approve it? They don't want, listen, these people are galactic fools, but they're not stupid. Listen, most people that will go to hell are not stupid people. They're foolish people. They're prideful, arrogant people. Why would they not approve it? Fauci's wife is the head of the NIH bioethics division. Did you know that? She's the one who the FDA contracts with to approve vaccines. She won't even approve the boosters. She wouldn't approve the Pfizer or the Moderna. So she hopped, She did the Potomac two-step and, and, and approved Comerity, which is not available to anybody. But because it's a Pfizer drug, everybody's saying that the Pfizer that's actually under emergency use only is approved. It's not. And so the reason is they're not going to approve boosters because they're looking at the deaths. Did anybody watch? It was, a, it was an eight-hour long meeting. You have to be a loser like me to spend any more than five minutes on it. But I did. <laughs> did you see? Did anybody watch the open conference calls of the FDA meeting and why, it got, why they disapproved the boosters at, a, at, a, at a, to, a vote total of 16 to 2 disapproval? Only two idiots actually approved it? Why didn't they? Because here's the thing that came out. Many people think this. And these are, by the way, these are MDs, PhDs calling in. They are welcome to call in to the FDA meeting. Watch it. If you have a chance, watch it. We pulled up the podcast last night. I played several of the clips from it. Yeah, doctors calling in, doctors calling in, I repeat, doctors calling in and saying that we're killing two to save one. The deaths are 400 per million. Depends on which doctor you believe. That's why they don't want all those deaths hung around their neck. According to their own data, if you run the stats from the VAERS report, the vaccine has killed 150,000 Americans, not 14,000. 14,000, by the way, how, how many deaths did it take for them to halt the swine flu vaccine? Dose. 14,000 Americans have died, 32,000 Brazilians, 33,000 from the European Union that we know of. Thomas Rents' federal lawsuit, of which he has a signed affidavit and a whistleblower, alleges 45,000 in one vein of the VARES report. The VARES report is fed by 11 veins of information. The 14,000 comes from one vein. Oh, but they wouldn't deceive you. It's the CDC. The CDC is a private company. Most people don't know that. They are not federal. They're a bunch of private entities that own patents on vaccines absolute fact they don't even deny it I have the footage from the CDC director he says it that we uh, it is a little bit of a contradiction oh yeah it is a little bit of a contradiction (laughs) that you send money over the place that forms the virus and then offer us the solution to it kind of strange isn't it why don't you kick me between the legs and give me an ice pack Sell me the ice. Boom. Hey, want some ice or something? I'll do anything. (laughs) We'll head towards the end with this. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. At the time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear. And by the way, they're coming for you. I haven't even gotten to that section of this message here. I've got it all written. The false prophets are coming for you. Don't listen to them. Yes, they will be nicer than me. Don't listen to them. Just because they're soft spoken doesn't mean they're loving. The devil comes as an angel of light. And so do his false prophets, all from the same section of scripture. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. What does that mean? I'm finishing with this. We'll be out of here at 115. It is 105. What does that mean that the love of most will grow cold? What is love for God? To obey his commands. 1 John 5 3. This could not be clearer. This is love for God, to obey his commands. Does that not sound like a faith covenant? Yes, it does. Do you see it? Yes. You want to love God? Obey him. Because you've entered into faith. Amen. That's another correct way to look at obedience. I just love God. You've entered into faith. John 14, 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. Jesus said in John, 14, uh, John 15, 14, the reverse. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Tom, that's so medieval sounding. (laughs) Endure temptation. We don't even hear the word temptation at our Ark church. That's why everybody in that church is going to die and go straight to hell. They're going to be the ones that say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess on them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity." They never even tried faith. They just made faith what they wanted it to be. Faith is just believing. No, it's not. Faith is obeying. Hebrews chapter 3, 18 19. They could not enter in because they did not obey. And they could not enter in because of their unbelief. Think about it. If you obey something, how much do you believe in it? Think about it. When you, if you drive home today and you go 20 over the speed limit and you got the dreaded blue lights behind you, what are you going to do? You know why? Because you believe in it. Seriously. What, what do you believe is going to happen? You believe the cascading effect. You have full faith through your obedience. Yeah, right. Do you see it? Yeah. Full faith. Yeah. If I don't pull over, they're going to chase me, yeah. and it gets worse from there. Yeah. And then you get your ticket, and then you. What, what do you do then? Why? Because you believe. You're obedient. You have faith in the system. Yeah, right. Otherwise you, wouldn't, you have faith. If you don't pay it, what's going to happen? Uh, there'll be a warrant issued for your arrest. Yeah. You have faith. That's why you're obedient. Your obedience is faith in the system. Luke eight thirteen, Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing fall away. Do you see the correlation? Yes. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, falls fall away. Their falling into sin means they stop believing. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, f- stop obeying. Yeah. Yeah. That's just Jesus talking, parable of the sower. On. Yeah. Titus 115 and 16, 109, done at 115, six minutes to go. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are, de- dis- they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. What? But I was told, when I, when I raised my hand, and got the free t-shirt and the gift pack for my new fresh start and new beginning I was told that I'm on a spiritual journey and I can still live with my girlfriend and still be saved you living with your girlfriend means you don't believe that's what caused you to go to hell not even the sex you never tried to believe It's like you never tried to repent unless you commit thy works unto the Lord. And then your thoughts are established. To the pure all things are pure but to those who are are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. How is that evidenced? They claim to know God but by their actions they deny him. So it's unbelief if you claim to know God and by your actions you deny him. Because there is no faith. There is no righteousness without obedience. Because obedience is faith. Worship team, make your way. I'll finish right here. Keeping my word. 110, five minutes to go. I'll let the thundering herd come up first. Especially Dave, he'll drop something. <laughs> so there'll be some big clank with Dave. Let's see if, let's watch him. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing with 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 6. Because I want you to know, because this is what the false prophets will tell you. People will tell you that they are people of faith or that you can be a person of faith and not obey. They'll tell you that. They'll say, you know what? Just blow off all the stuff that you've heard. that says, you know what? You have to believe. It's all works-based. What does Revelation chapter 21, verse 8 say? He gives a long list of people that not, will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. It starts off with the cowardly and the unbelieving. And then after that, it lists all sorts of sins. It says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the idolatrous, the murderer, the sexually immoral, the sorcerer, idolater, and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death that's what it says but it correlates unbelief with the failure to obey because belief is obedience just like Jesus is the word 1 John chapter 2 this is how you answer people who will tell you that you can have faith without obedience 1 John chapter 2 verses 3 through 6 as Jesus did because it's not your obedience walking like Jesus did means that you've entered in to the one who erases all your sin in faith faith is obedience obedience is faith simple as that stand with me thank you so much for joining us we know that when there are This many people in person are watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it lord jesus i ask you right now to come into my life and be my lord and be my savior i ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and i now turn from them and i give you my life from this day on in jesus mighty name amen if you said that prayer you are saved